0: Good morning. We want to welcome you to Toronto City Church. My name is Jessica. And my name is Timotheus, and we'll be your host today. Thank you for joining us, and let's worship. So hey, everyone, we had an opportunity to worship and song, and now we want to worship the Lord with our giving. The giving instructions are on the screen below. You can give either online or via e-transfer. I just want to encourage you guys that God loves a cheerful giver. So when you give today, give with a heart of generosity. Give with a heart of thankfulness today. Lord, I pray for everyone that is giving today, God. I thank, Lord, that they will give with a heart of generosity, God, that you are our provider, you are our source and supply, God. And I thank, Lord, that they will give out of that spirit of generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, let's take time and get ready to listen to the word, and we'll see you later. Hey,
1: everyone, good morning. I want to welcome you once again to Toronto City Church. It is the first Sunday of September. And I hope that you are thoroughly enjoying your Labor Day weekend. Uh, For all our students, I hope you're enjoying yourselves before you head back to school. Parents, I hope you're enjoying yourselves before your kids head back to school. And, uh, and even if you don't have kids or you're not a student, I-, I just hope you're having a great weekend. Can you believe the summer has come and gone already? I know that's depressing for some of you, but you know what? We serve Jesus. We have joy. So just trust the Lord to minister to your heart today if that's really hard for you. But seriously, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad to be together. It's been an amazing summer here on Toronto City Church Front. Uh, we've had the uh, Friday night lights and the opportunity to gather and worship together. And I'm really excited about what God has for us in the fall. So please, if you've not been up to speed, make sure you're checking out the website, stay tuned in to all that's happening this fall, how we're regathering in person and all the other things that are going on because we're really excited about ramping up and moving forward together. So As you guys know, and before we're going to pray in just a moment, commit this time to the Lord. It's the first Sunday of the month. So number one, that means it's Communion Sunday. Make sure you have your communion elements ready to go, because at the end of my message, we're going to take communion together, and we're going to pray and seek God. So it's Communion Sunday. And then secondly, it is Healing School Sunday. So once again, we're going to take time today, and we're going to lean in together for healing, for deliverance, for the supernatural. We're going to be leaning in together for what God wants to do and what God is saying to us, and we're going to go after healing. We're going to go after power. Guys, I probably every Healing School Sunday, I say this one way or another, but the power of God is not an option, particularly in the days that we're living in right now. We cannot just have a nice religion or a nice kind of worldview. We need the power of God, and the world around us needs the power of God. They need to know he's real, and they need to experience him. You know, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 says this, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Come on, somebody say, but in power. But here's the deal, guys. The kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. But one of the reasons why Paul would have to say that is it's very easy for us to fall into a Christianity where it's only in word, but it's not in power. This thing is not just going to fall into our lap or happen by default. We need to believe for it. We need to unite together. We need to contend. We need to learn. We need to pray. Again, it's not that we're earning it because Jesus already provided for it, but that is how we walk it out. We are called to walk this thing out And so if you remember last month, I want to kind of connect to and build on healing school last month. Last month, we spent some time in Matthew chapter 8, learning from the example of Jesus. And this month, we're going to continue in that. And we're actually going to focus on Matthew chapter 9. I think there's something very powerful. We're going to do this a little more often in healing school Sundays is just to go through the scriptures, right? Just to go through it and learn, let the word speak to us, right? So today, we're going to let the word speak to us. we're going to let the word speak to us about healing and the supernatural, and we're going to be transformed by it, and we're going to grow. Remember, even as we look today at the example of Jesus, being a Christian is all about being Christ-like. Right? To be a follower of Jesus, that we follow him, we follow his ways. So we want to study him. We want to see how he did things. We want to learn from his example. Yes, he was instructing and training his disciples, but it was also recorded so he could instruct and train us. And I believe that the more we look at the example of Jesus and we learn from him, the more the Holy Spirit will teach us. You know, we're taking communion today and something that I saw in communion during our last Healing School Sunday last month, and I'd never really seen it this way before. Part of remembering him is remembering him. It's going through his example, going through his teachings, going through what the way he walked and remember him and there's power in remembrance, right? So today we're going to take some more time to to tap into the power of remembrance. Remember, when we're following Jesus, It's not just following his morality, or it's not just following his worldview, even though those are very important parts, but it's also learning to walk in his power. If you're going to follow the path of Jesus, if we're going to follow the ways of Jesus, part of the way of Jesus was he walked in power, and he wants you and I to learn to walk in power too. So let's commit this time to the Lord. Let's pray, and then we're going to dive into Matthew chapter 9. Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name, and I thank you that as we go to your word, that Holy Spirit, you are going to speak to every single one of us. We thank you that you're Kingdom is not just about word, but it's about power. And if we're following Jesus, we want to follow him in the way he loved. We want to follow him in the way he lived. We also want to follow him in the way he walked in power. And we don't pray this lightly. We want to grow in this. We want to walk in healing. We want to walk in deliverance. And so we thank you for all this today in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed with me said, amen. All right, so let's just let the word speak to us today. We're going to start Matthew chapter 9. It says, Jesus got into the boat and returned to what was considered his hometown, Capernaum. And just then, some people brought a paraplegic man to him lying on a sleeping mat. And when Jesus perceived the strong faith within their hearts, he said to the paralyzed man, My son, be encouraged, for your sins have been forgiven. These words prompted some of the religious leaders to uh, some of the religious scholars and leaders to think, why, that's nothing but blasphemy. But Jesus, supernaturally perceiving their thoughts, and he said to them, why do you carry such evil in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or stand up and walk. But now, to convince you that the Son of Man has been given authority to forgive sins, I say to this man, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk home. And immediately, the man sprang up to his feet and left for home. And when the crowds witnessed the miracle, they were awestruck. They shouted praises to God because he'd given such authority to human beings. All right, let's pause here for a few moments. let's dive into this. The first thing I want us to see from this amazing story, right? This amazing count of the work of Jesus, the the walk of Jesus, was just this whole statement he made where he said, your sins have been forgiven. Now, This speaks to me first and foremost just to remind us of what the greatest healing miracle is of all, and that is that our sins have been forgiven. Let's just say that God did not want us to be healed physically. Now, we know that's not true at all because we've looked at it and we've talked about his will to heal us, but let's just say we weren't getting healed physically. Let's just say we didn't. The fact that he has forgiven our sins or healed us spiritually is still by far the greatest miracle because that is for all of eternity. And I think it's really important that as we're leaning in for healing, as we're leaning in for the supernatural, that we remember the centrality of the gospel and we remember the centrality of Jesus came so people could be forgiven of sins. And yes, freed from sickness, freed from oppression. But sometimes we can get focused on healing or we can get focused on deliverance and we lose sight of forgiveness. But forgiveness is where it starts and it is the greatest of all. Now, again, sometimes people go, yeah, well, so that should be fine. We shouldn't worry about the other things. We should just be happy that we're forgiven, but that's not what God wants. Like why leave the other things on the table? So we're not trying to do that, but we still want to emphasize and we want to always be thankful for forgiveness. And we always want to work to see people come to know Jesus and to come to receive this forgiveness. Furthermore, We can pray for people to be healed who aren't Christians, and so often God's going to move and heal them. But one of the best ways to introduce people to the healing power of God is to introduce them to Jesus and to introduce them to forgiveness. And there is a connection. I don't think it was by accident that Jesus first dealt with his sins being forgiven and then with healing. And we don't know a lot about this man. We don't know what his past was like. We don't know what guilt or what shame he may have carried. But there may have been some things that Jesus in intentionally saying, you are forgiven, that set this man free and also encouraged this man that he deserved this. Maybe he didn't feel like he deserved it. Maybe he didn't feel like he was worthy. But yet Jesus addresses that and speaks to that, and then he brings healing. Furthermore, from a different angle where it talks about your sins being forgiven, always remember that sin is going to sabotage healing, right? We're talking as a church family about growing and healing. We're talking about growing in deliverance. One of the things that we've got to really go after if we're going down this pathway is in the area of holiness, Sin will always sabotage healing. Now, this doesn't mean that if someone has sinned in their life, they're never going to be healed. God still works. It doesn't mean that someone has sinned that we can never pray for them to be healed. It's like, oh no, you're a sinner. I'm not praying for you. That doesn't make any sense. But I'm talking to us as believers. And I'm talking to this because so often we can tolerate hidden sin. We can tolerate different things in our lives. You know, the little foxes it talks about in Song of Solomon that spoil the vine. But if we're really going to go after healing, if we're really going to go after deliverance and the supernatural, guys, we need to pursue holiness. There is a connection between holiness. And I'm not talking about a legalistic holiness where I'm trying to prove how good I am. I'm talking about a a happy holiness. I'm talking about a holiness that comes from, I just love God. I want to serve him. I want to follow him. Don't give place to sin right? Don't give place. And and, and now we all sin at times. We all fall short of God's standards. So when you do, just repent quickly. Get back with Jesus quickly. Don't run away from God. Run to God. But on this journey of healing the supernatural, let's pursue holiness. And let's understand, sometimes the enemy will come to tempt you with sin. He'll come to tempt you with something. You got it. When you see that, you got to say, wait a minute, this is something that's going to try and sabotage healing. This is something that's coming to sabotage the supernatural. I am not going to be part of this. I'm not going to participate in this right? Sin is going to sabotage our healing. And so the last thing I saw from this part of this passage, was says, and when the crowds witnessed this miracle, they were awestruck. One of the reasons Jesus wants us to flow in the supernatural, one of the reasons he wants us to flow in signs and wonders and healings, obviously it's to minister to people. and He loves people and he hates sickness and disease, but also because it is a, I'll call it this, a kingdom marketing strategy. Right? There's something about in the kingdom of God where people hear, there's a place where people are getting healed. There's a place where people are getting delivered. There's a place where there's miracles. That is going to attract the attention of people. And that's part of why signs and wonders were built into the gospel in the first place. You see it over and over and over again in the scriptures that they went in, they prayed for people to be healed, or someone was delivered, or there was some sign or wonder that happened and it got the attention of people, but then they were able to point them to the gospel. Right, So we want to always remember that God wants to do this to touch and reach many people, but we always need to bring them back to the gospel. All right, let's keep reading, but let's jump down to verse 18. So we'll go into verse 18. It says, And when Jesus was still speaking, an influential Jewish leader approached and knelt before him, saying, Help me. My daughter has just died. Please come and place your hand upon her so that she will live again. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. And suddenly a woman came from behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl for healing. She had been suffering from continual bleeding for 12 years, but had faith that Jesus could heal her. For she kept saying to herself, if I could only touch his prayer shawl, I would be healed. Just then Jesus turned around and looked at her and said, my daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has healed you. And instantly she was healed. And when Jesus finally entered the home of the Jewish leader, he saw a noisy crowd of mourners wailing and playing a funeral dirge on their flutes. And he told them, you must leave, for the little girl is not dead. She is only asleep. And then everyone began to ridicule him. After he made the crowds go outside, he went into the girl's room and gently took hold of her hand. She immediately stood up to her feet, and the news of this incredible miracle spread everywhere. All right, so what are some things? Let's talk some more about this. I mean, again, just incredible account of the healing power of Jesus. You know, the first thing that stands out to me in this passage is the question of how do we handle delays? I believe that how we handle delays, how we handle it when we don't see the answer to prayer as quickly as we'd like, or we don't see the miracle as quickly as we'd like, how we handle delays that is so important if we're going to be people who walk in healing and walk in the supernatural. Now, I wish there were never delays, Right? I wish that it just we just pray and it automatically would happen but that's just not the way it works And so the question becomes how do we handle those delays because we see this this religious leader he's going with Jesus because his daughter has died and then there's this interruption. And there's this other woman that comes in and grabs onto Jesus the tassels of his prayer shawl. That's like, you know, the hem of his garment. It's actually, uh, I love the Passion Translation here because it gives this picture. It was actually Jesus' prayer shawl and she grabs it. And there was some very strong symbolism in that. And so it was a delay. It was an interruption, right? It wasn't happening as quickly as this religious leader would want to happen. And he had a lot of choices in that moment. He could have gotten angry. I mean, he could have gotten angry at the woman because she wasn't even supposed to be there. He, he was a religious leader, so he would know. She was unclean and she was out in public. There was so many different ways he could have gone. But you know what? He just waited on the Lord. Now, I don't know what was going through his mind when he waited on the Lord. I don't know what was going on his heart. In another part, in another book, it talks about this where Jesus did turn to him. He said, don't, don't be afraid, only believe. So I'm sure, I mean, I can only imagine as a father what's going through his mind and how he wants to get Jesus here now and 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 then this woman interrupts him, and I always say, but how do we handle delays? How you handle delay maybe make or break in you walking in your healing because it's just not happening as quickly as you want. Do you stay in faith? Do you stay focused? Do you stay in a place of trusting God, or do you allow a delay to throw you off? I want to encourage you today. If you're in the middle of a delay, stay in faith. Stay strong. Just stay with Jesus right? Because as long as you're with Jesus, he's going to get you where you need to be when you need to be there and he's going to do what needs to be done, right? And so make sure with that. The second thing though I wanted to see in this passage was talking about the power of our words, right? It says very specifically with this woman with the issue of blood said, for she said, if I just touch you know, I, I'm going to older school here, but I just touched the hem of his garment. If I can just touch him, I will be healed. And again, the Holy Spirit was very purposeful about making it see, clear that she said this. And I think this just really speaks to us and reminds us when we talk about healing, when we talk about the supernatural, the power of our words. Now, I'm not just talking about positive talk. I'm not just talking about you're going to somehow create your miracle by speaking positive words. No, it's God's power, and it's God's word that is going to make the difference. But God is very clear that if we speak his word, it releases life. But so often, guys, we just speak our circumstances, we speak our situation, we speak doubt, we speak unbelief, and then we wonder why we're not seeing the power the way we want to. I would suggest to you today to take a look at what are you saying? What are you speaking and take it seriously? You know, Proverbs 18, 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Guys, this is in the Bible. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we have a choice. If you're believing for healing, if we're believing to grow in the supernatural, we can say what God says or we can say what we feel. We can say what God says, or we can say what the world says. We can say what God says, or we can speak what the enemy is trying to feed into our mind. What are we going to choose to say? Because what we say is going to make a difference. And I want to encourage you, just set, the, there was one passage, I not remember the translation, but it talks about, Lord, set a guard over my lips, set a guard over my mouth, set a guard over your mouth and over your lips and make a commitment to speak life. Make a commitment to speak the word, speak healing in Jesus' name and make sure you're cautious about the words that are being spoken around you, right? Speak life, speak wholeness, speak the word. That's why, you know, we talked about growing in healing. We talked about last healing school. Again, we're looking at the centurion, the power of the word of God. Get the word of God in you. Meditate in it. Go over it regularly. Get the word regarding healing. Get the word regarding deliverance. And just stay in it and stay on it as it becomes more and more alive and real in your heart. Right? The death, the power of death and life are in our tongue. Make sure we're speaking the word. Come on, somebody where you are right now say, speak the word. The, sec- the last thing I want you to see here uh, was just, well, the second last thing actually, is, is Jesus went in to heal this girl and he was actually ridiculed. Right, he was, he was ridiculed by the people who were there. And so we've not faced a lot of this yet. Maybe some of you watching have. We've not faced a lot of ridicule yet for a heart for the supernatural, heart for healing. We've not faced a lot of ridicule. And in many ways, it's just because, I, I don't know, we're not that prominent. Most people don't know we're here. But here's what I want you to encourage you. It's going to come. There's times when we press into healing, times we press into the supernatural, we press into things of God. We're going to face ridicule. We are going to face being criticized being persecuted, being made fun of. But here's what I want to encourage you. It's worth it to see people raised up. If we're ridiculed, but we see people healed, it's worth it. If we're ridiculed, but we see a little girl who's died, raised up from the dead, it's worth whatever ridicule we have to face. And so I want to encourage you in that, that we need to go after this. And even if we're ridiculed, even if we are made fun of, even if we're attacked, it's worth it to see people raised up. One person healed is worth, I mean, I don't even know how much ridicule, it's just worth it. Come on, somebody just say it with me, say it's worth it. It is worth it. And let me say this, if they're going to ridicule Jesus, you better believe they're going to ridicule us. If it happened to him, how are we going to get away from it? Right? So we've got, God's doing something in us where he's preparing us where we're not afraid of of ridicule. We're not afraid of persecution. I don't know if anyone should really want to have it. I don't know anyone, so I'd like to be ridiculed today. But here's the whole point. Let's not be afraid of it. And if we face it, it's worth it if we can see people healed and delivered. And then once again, it's an interesting theme in this passage we see here. It says, news of the incredible miracle spread everywhere. See the theme here? theme is Jesus working these miracles, but then the news is spreading. The word is spreading. I believe God wants to do this in this day and age, not just in Toronto city church, but in his church, he wants to work signs, wonders, healings, and miracles. And then he wants the news of this incredible miracle to spread everywhere. And what better day or time for this to happen than the day we're in with social media, with the ability just to pull out your phone and video it. I mean, never in history before has there been an opportunity for miracles to spread literally around the world. God wants to go viral. And not us, but him and his good news. Will we be people that will lean in so the gospel can go viral? Will we be people that will lean in so healing can go viral? Amen? Think about that, guys. This is like no other time in history. Like if they'd had smartphones when Jesus was there, we'd be able to see it all. And obviously that wasn't the way it was. It's written down. But today there's something powerful and special about the timer. And I know we talk about, you know, even uh, back in August, I did a message about, you know, just watching out for the the dangers of our cell phones and technology. And yeah, we need to rightly divide and rightly balance those things. But think about the opportunities. And let me say this. We're going to see healings when we gather together. And you better have your phones ready because God wants to work through that. Amen. 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 All right. A little, little bit more. Let's read. And we're going to take communion together. Verse 27 says, and Jesus left the house. Two blind men began following him, shouting over and over, son of David, show us mercy and heal us. And they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asked them, do you believe I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? They replied, yes, Lord, we believe. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. And instantly their eyes opened and they could see. Then Jesus warned them sternly, Make sure you tell no one what just happened. I have no idea how he expected them to follow that, but (laughs) he's Jesus, so we'll trust him. But they were unable to contain themselves and they went out and spread the news everywhere. I can imagine that happening as well. Two things I just want to pull from this. Number one, I love these two blind men and their tenacity. Notice he came out of one house, they followed him. And they were calling out, they were calling out, they are calling out. Now, Jesus went all the way to the next house, and then they literally came into the house where where he was. Now, why did he do that? Well, there's a number of reasons. Obviously, we're we're not inside his head, so we don't know fully. But there's something you'll see many times in Jesus' healing is, I'll say it this way, he didn't make it too easy on people, right? Like uh, Bartimaeus cried out. Uh, people came to him. They followed him. These guys followed him. And, and again, Jesus was not trying to be mean or cruel. He always has intentionality and purpose. I think part of it was, you know, one of the reasons why sometimes you tell people, don't tell everyone was he he was trying to stop it from becoming so like people showing up all the time, right? He was trying to stay under the radar sometimes. And, and it's interesting because he sometimes he healed people. And he, he didn't want this necessarily to get out to everybody. He wanted to do it for them because God just loved them in that moment. I mean, obviously he knew the news was going to spread, but I think a lot of it was just very practical that Jesus, the Bible, if you read other passages, they get to times where he couldn't, he couldn't move freely anymore because just people were after every angle, right? And so so whatever his reasoning was, there's also this part where sometimes for our faith, it's like there's something in the, I'll say it this way, I don't even know the theology, but there's something in the fight for something. Right? There's something that's strengthened in us as we lean in in faith, and maybe we push through a little bit of a challenge, but it actually pushes us into a place where we're ready to receive. Whatever Jesus' reason was, I love their tenacity. They kept following him. They're blind, but they kept following him. You get into a house, they, I don't know if they pushed their way into the house or if they were just yelling out, whatever way they came in the house. And then Jesus said to them, "Ask them, what do you want? And then notice what he said. I love this other prayer. He said, so Jesus put his hand over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. Powerful, powerful statement right here, guys. You will have what your faith expects. You see this over and over again. Jesus said, let it be done according to your faith. You'll have what your faith expects. What, what does your faith expect today? What are you expecting from God? What are you believing for? Because you will have what your faith expects. We see it in them. They were determined, we're going to get to Jesus and Jesus is going to heal us. Right? They'd heard that he did it for others. They heard the word. They were determined. Could I say perhaps they got to the point of desperation? And he said, you're going to have what your faith expects. What are we expecting? Part of what I believe God wants to do, what I'm believing for, even as we are coming back together more as a church family, our expectation levels will rise. Worship creates an atmosphere of miracles. We talked about that last month expectation also creates an atmosphere for miracles. When we come in expecting God to do something, what is our expectation? Can we together agree that we're going to raise our levels of expectation and believe God to do some incredible things? All right, a little bit more, and then we're going to take communion and pray. Verse 32 says, While they were leaving, some people brought before Jesus a demonized man who couldn't speak. And Jesus cast the demon out of him, and immediately the man began speaking plainly. And the crowds marveled in astonishment, saying, we've never seen miracles like this in Israel. But the Pharisees kept saying, the chief of demons is helping him drive out demons. Now, some final thoughts, and then we're going to pray together. And we're going to take communion. So make sure your elements are ready. First and foremost, I last month I talked to you a little bit about healing, but I also talked to you about deliverance. And I believe that the Lord wanted to team these two things up in the move of what he's going to do in Toronto State Church. We want to go after healing. We also want to go after deliverance. Guys, there's so many people that are oppressed by the devil. There's so many people that are oppressed. And it's interesting, too, here because the Bible actually teaches us that there's, sometimes there are sicknesses and diseases that are actually demonic. Now all sickness and diseases of the devil, we know that. It's not from God. It did not come from the throne room of God. But sickness is connected to sin and it's connected to Satan. But many sicknesses are uh, they're demonic in origin, but they're literally something that's physically wrong that needs to be healed. But sometimes, and this is where we need to learn to discern, there's actually sicknesses and diseases that are literally demonic. Right, We see with this man, Jesus cast out the demon and he was healed. And so there's just something interesting for us in this. And why I think healing and deliverance are so interconnected that sometimes you're not going to get someone healed until the devil is cast out of their life right? And there's so much more we need to learn about this. I don't pretend to be an expert in it, but that's where the gift of discernment comes in and learning to discern what's going on. And that's why sometimes if someone is battling, there's people who battle with a lot of sicknesses, a lot of different things are going on. And if you just get them delivered, they'll get healed really easily and really quickly. But if you keep trying to get healed, but you're never delivered, it doesn't work. Now, that being said, some people want to go casting demons out for every single sickness and disease. And sometimes it's just a cold or it's just a migraine or it's just uh, you know something that's off in your system, and you just need to be healed. So, but God's going to teach us about this, and it's important to understand. And as you're getting ready to minister to people, sometimes the Holy Spirit might just whisper in you and say, "Hey, there's actually a demonic spirit that you need to rebuke, or you need to command to leave." And you obey the Holy Spirit when you do that. Right? And so we've got this deliverance and healing connection that God is going to be speaking to us. And I've, again, I said in the coming months, I think we're going to take more time to grow in that. We're working on developing because in the days that are coming, guys, with all that's going on in the world around us, the level of demonization is rising. And we don't need to be afraid of this because God has given us authority, as we said last month, over snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And God wants to teach you. right? This is everyday Christianity. This is real life Christianity where we we learn to uh, the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they're cast out devils, right? That's part of the Great Commission, right? And so this is some stuff that God is really going to teach us about and cause. God. We don't have to be afraid because he's with us and he's given us authority and power. But it's interesting too, because you saw here, we we, we saw that happen, and then it talks again about this theme of the crowds hearing about it and how the word spread. There's some interesting themes in this. Chapter, if you look at it as a whole. Uh, and, and this is so key that once again, the word spreads because of the power. And God wants his word, you know, we want Jesus to be famous in Toronto. We want the word of God, the gospel, to be famous in Toronto. But there's so much of it's going to be tied to a demonstration of power. It's not just going to be slick marketing campaigns, uh, you know, buying ads on Facebook and Instagram. Listen, you see the power of God show up. It takes things into a whole new realm and into a whole new level. And I believe that God is setting up for these things to happen, not just for us but for His church. And so there's an interesting theme there. And the last thing I got to wind this down. We're going to take communion. Is we see that Jesus is casting out devils, but the religious leaders are saying, oh, it's by the prince of the devils, these cast out devils. There is still this criticism and this persecution that's going to come. But once again, it's worth it, right? It's worth it because they can say what they want to say. These guys are getting delivered from demons, Right? These blind guys' eyes are opening. And in the same way, I believe God is just preparing us and saying, listen, I'm calling you into this. And yeah, there's going to be some criticism. There's going to be some persecution. There's going to be people who say, oh, this is of the devil, even when it's of God. There's going to be people that say, you know, that, that, that mock or, or, uh, you know, make fun or whatever else in the middle of it all. It's worth it, and we've just got to be ready to say it doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what people say. Maybe some of you have already faced this in different words, but it's worth it to see the power of God. It's worth it to see the gospel go forward, that we would not be afraid of persecution, but we'll have a heart like Jesus, where we're just so focused on ministering to people, loving people, setting people free, that we can't even be bothered. Amen? Come on, somebody say, I can't be bothered right? We can't be bothered because we're too busy seeing people set free. Make fun, mock, laugh, do what you want to do. I want to see a kid get out of a wheelchair. I want to see someone who's got cancer healed and restored. And we just speak that right now in the name of Jesus, healing from cancer in Jesus' name, right? That's what we got to go after. That's the heart that we need to be. And then just to close off this passage, last but not least in this chapter, it says, in Jesus, why is this interesting? Because a lot of times we, we focus on this part but you build, there's something powerful about building the entire chapter up to it. So all this has gone on, all these miracles, all these healing, persecution, all this coming together. And it says, and Jesus walked throughout the region with joyful message of, of God's kingdom realm. He taught in their meeting houses, and wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of sick, disease and illness. And when he saw the vast crowds of people, Jesus' heart was deeply moved with compassion because they seemed weary and helpless like wandering sheep without a shepherd. And he turns to his disciples and said, the harvest is huge huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out more reapers into harvest his grain." And just in closing here, guys, we're going to pray. The first thing that stands out to me, I love that line, wherever he went, he demonstrated God's power by healing every kind of sickness and disease and illness. This is just the theme of what we're talking about. This is what Jesus did. This is what he wants us to walk in. Everywhere we go. So when we gather together here, God's power is demonstrated by healing every kind of disease and But notice it's everywhere he went. God doesn't just want us to keep it within the four walls of our building. I think that's been one of the redemptive opportunities of this season where we've not been able to gather the way we'd like to. And I miss it. I hate it. I love being back together. I can't wait till we can just get back together with no restrictions. But in the middle of it, if all we are focused on is when we're together instead of when we're going, we're missing it. But when we're going in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, have that boldness, have the courage, have the faith to demonstrate God's power because he wants to heal people. And then last but not least, this is about the harvest, right? I think, again, it's, it's not insignificant that this whole chapter finishes up with Jesus talking about having compassion and praying to the Lord of the harvest and going into the harvest field. That's what this is all about. Guys, there are people in our communities. There are people in our city. There are people in our world, and they need the love of God. They need the power of God. They need the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Toronto needs the gospel people need the gospel. They may not know it. They may not have the language for it, but they need the gospel. And may, even as we cross over from the summer into the fall, as we're getting back more into rhythm and routine, as we're gathering together, hopefully over this fall, things will just be able to return normal more and more and more. I mean, we'll we'll roll with it, whatever it is. But in the middle of this, may we have hearts like never before to take the gospel. May we have hearts like never before to say our world needs Jesus. Our world needs Jesus. The heart Harvest is right but the labors are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors into his harvest field. And Father, just in this moment, I sense the urging and unction of the Holy Spirit. We pray today, God, even as things are opening up, as things are moving forward, God, Lord, may your church, not even just Toronto Sea Church, but may your church be those who are going into the harvest. May we be those, God, whether we're going virtually, whether we're going physically, God, there's so many people more than ever before who need the gospel, they need your love. They need a touch from you. They need healing. They need deliverance. God, I pray that we will be the harvest workers that will go. We'll be those who pray and we'll be those who go. We'll be those of boldness together in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're with me on that, if your heart is to say, God, help me to be one who goes, help me. On. Just, just raise your hands wherever you are. Just raise your hands. I mean, unless you're listening to this driving down the road, don't raise your hands in that moment. Keep them on the steering wheel. But other than that, just raise your hands and just say, Lord, I'm here. I want to be a harvester. I want to go. And Lord, I thank you that even this fall is going to be a powerful time of revival. And it's going to be a powerful time of the gospel going forward in Jesus' name. And so we really agree for this. And we thank you for this, Lord. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed with me said, amen. All right, well, I think this is a very appropriate note for us to take communion on. So we'll just give you a moment. I'm going to be back with you, have your elements ready, and we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. All right. Well, we've had an amazing time today, again, of just letting the word speak to us about Jesus and about His ministry of healing, and and just about what He's called us to walk into. And so, we want to, in light of that, take communion together today. Uh, and my, and my encouragement, you know, we talked about do this in remembrance of me. And one of the things I had mentioned uh, last last uh, last month when we did this was part of remembering Him is going through his teachings, going through his miracles, remembering him, learning from him. And so we've been doing that again today. And I be, I just want to encourage you, there's something supernatural and powerful in doing that. And so now let's take communion together. Let's remember his broken body, his shed blood. And this is what empowers us to live the way he's called us to live and do what he's called us to do. And so let's take the bread. And on the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's take it together today. The scriptures also said he took the cup. He said, this is my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. Whenever you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. Let's drink together today in remembrance of him. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray together. Jesus, once again today, we thank you so much for your broken body and your shed blood. We do this today in remembrance of you. And I pray even as we do it in remembrance of you that each one of us will grow in our revelation of who you are and what you've done for us. We will remember you and we are remembering you. And we thank you for us. So part of remembering you even today as we focused on healing and deliverance In Jesus' name today, we speak healing and we speak deliverance over every person tuning into this, every person under the sound of my voice. We speak healing today for every sickness and disease. We speak deliverance for every demonic bondage and oppression now in Jesus' name. We command sickness to go in Jesus' name. We command demonic oppression and demonic um, control to go right now in Jesus' name. We speak by Jesus' stripes, you are healed By Jesus' stripes, you are delivered. By Jesus' stripes, you are free. Come on, wherever you are right now, just receive it. Come on, maybe you're gathered with some others, and if someone who particularly needs prayer, just lay hands on them right now, because the Bible says believers lay hands on the sick, they recover. Not just pastors, but believers. If you're a believer, lay hands, see someone like Father, we thank you for this. And Lord, we thank you that we are growing in this together. We are growing in healing. We are growing in deliverance. We are growing in the supernatural. And so we love you so much and we thank you for this day. I just pray blessing over everyone, God, even as we're preparing to enter into the fall and enter into all that you have for us, God, even your provision and your protection for freedom, for deliverance. We just stand for it. We thank you for it. We believe you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me said, amen. Amen, amen. All right, well, before you go today, one last thing. Thank you so much. You guys have been awesome today. It's been so good to be together and get ready for a great rest of your long weekend. But before you go, I just want to make sure to give an opportunity if there's anyone who needs to give their life to Jesus. see the Bible teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love, but we've been separated from this love because of sin. The Bible says because of sin, we deserve eternal punishment. Or the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We deserve spiritual death. We deserve eternal death because of our sin. That's the bad news, here's the good news. The verse says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, right? We deserve sin, or excuse me, we deserve death because of sin, but Jesus came and said, I want to give you a free gift of eternal life. If you will just make me your Lord, if you will put your faith, your trust in me. And so I want to give that opportunity today. If there's anyone, you need to give your life to Jesus, you need to give your life back to him. Today is your day to do it. Turn your back on sin, commit your life to him. And if this is your heart and this is what you need, I want you just to pray with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Free me. Fill me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that, here's what I want you to know. God heard you. Not God heard you, but God answered your request. And so we want to support you and stand with you. Because you prayed a prayer, but it's actually the start of an amazing journey with God. And we want to support you in any way we can. So if you can click the button on the screen, or if you can just reach out to us and let us know, we'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love to support you and back you up in this decision for following Jesus in any way possible. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's been so good to be together today. Have a great rest of your long weekend. We love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are honored to have
0: you. If you have any questions or if there's any way we can serve you, please reach out and let us know. One of our team members will be glad to touch base with you. But before we go, please check out our weekly announcements. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.